it's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James, and by my side, as always, is that B-A-double-D-A-double crooked letter, badass, Billy Gunn, together we are the New Age Outlaws, and you're listening to the VOC Nation, and if you ain't down with that, he's got two words for you, suck it. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, who you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer, the Maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact, Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, and former Philly radio personality Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern, and of course, In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. And by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter too, at VOC Nation. Hey guys, I am so excited to have my guest with me this week because one, it's a person I've never met. Everybody else has been a person that I have met and I'm good friends with. And I think this is a face, if you watch WWE or NXT, that you will recognize right away because she is one of the biggest fans of NXT and this is going to get away. She's a huge fan of Bailey. Everybody, please welcome Izzy. Hi, what's up, everybody? Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How's school? I know you're doing it virtually this year. Yes. I am doing it virtually. I love it because I get to work out in the morning, start whenever, pretty much end whenever. And also I just have so much freedom in general. Like I can have lunch whenever. Like I love that freedom. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. And I mean, you, you already talked about the working out, like your Instagram and your Twitter is full of these workout videos. It is amazing. Cause when I was 13 years old, I was like popping popcorn and hanging out with my friends and I, I watched wrestling, of course, but I wasn't like totally, you are like in depth into the wrestling business. You're doing your own interviews with different people within the business. You're doing podcasts like mine. You're mm-hmm. training constantly because you go to a wrestling school, plus you're doing boxing training, kickboxing. I mean, girl, how do you have time to fit all of this in your day? Oh, it's definitely hard, but I think I really balance it the right way. And also my parents are really helpful. You know, like I'll work, I'll work out in the morning because I have my own gym in my garage. Um, so I'll either do yoga or I'll do like a little CrossFit workout. Um, and then I'll usually start my schoolwork. And then like you were, I know you were talking that I go to a pro wrestling school. I've done seminars and the school I went to was like a place I used to train at. I'm Mm -hmm. not like enrolled with them anymore, but I go to like their seminars sometimes. So definitely like, that's kind of like, it's, I don't want to say it's out of my life, but it's like, it doesn't take too much of my like time, if that makes sense. Um, But kickboxing, it's usually once a week for me because it's a little private session and I really love it. It's so much fun. It's so great to like just punch at mitts and at the punching bag. Um, But like you, I like, like you were saying, like, how do I fit time in? I really think it just balance really like that's like finding the balance is extremely important. Yeah. And I mean, you're still going to shows. I mean, even as of 
a couple of weeks ago because this is gonna this is pre-recorded. So a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago, you were at one of the NXT tapings. So yes, I was shows as well. Yeah, and I had a great time at NXT. It was definitely cool to be back. Um, I did so well yesterday. Or no, no, today. I'm sorry. Today I got tested. I know it's gonna be a few weeks after, but today I got tested for COVID because that's what you have to do in order to go to NXT. So. Depending on the COVID testing, I might go to NXT again this week. Um, but I, it was so great to be back because, you know, NXT is something I really love. So it was just, it was great to, you know, see all my friends, you know, see NXT like live and instead on the couch at home. <laughs> right. Now let's go back to the beginning and talk about when you, when did you start going to NXT shows originally? Because I know we're talking five years ago was the Sh- uh, Sasha Bailey match, but you were going even before that. Yes, I was. Um, so I started to go to FCW, which for some people who don't know, that is NXT before NXT. Um, and it was so funny because I like I've seen like people who are like totally big now. Like I saw Charlotte, Roman, Bray, or the Fiend. Um, who else? Sasha, Paige. Like I saw all of them. So it was definitely it's definitely weird to like see them now. Like some of them holding the championship and then knowing that they were like wrestling in a little armory in like Tampa. Um, but when I started to go to NXT, I, I know it was after, you know, NXT, like, left the whole FCW name, and I believe my first show was at Full Sail, um, and it was, like, the taped one, so I think that was my first NXT show. I'm not, like, 100% sure, but I think that was that's the one I remember the most. <laughs> and you became this just gigantic fan of Bailey. You were always right there in front of the camera. And then you become this focus point, pretty much an iconic moment in NXT history. You have the Iron Woman match. It's Sasha versus Bailey. Bailey gets thrown up against the uh, LED board lights. And then Sasha comes, steals your headband. You start to cry. And Sasha goes in, puts the headband on, and starts making this face at you, which is, and for those who are not... Uh, watching on YouTube, you know, the pouty face and using the hands to act like they're crying, basically making fun of you. And I mean, that moment is so ingrained now into NXT fans everywhere, because that's like one of the biggest moments. And I had to be a huge moment for you as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, I really, I always think it's like kind of like the kickstart to my career, because I feel like everybody's going to look back at it and they're like, oh, my God, like, I remember when Izzy cried because Sasha Banks fell her headband. It's actually funny. Speaking of the headband, I don't know, like, if the people on YouTube can see it, but it's actually right up to there. I retired the bow. So (laughs) we have it on display and we have the Sasha Banks authentic glasses, by the way. Um, and by the way, I'm sorry to all the podcast viewers who cannot see this loveliness, but go to YouTube if you want to see the headband and the glasses. Um, but it was, like I said, it was definitely a cool moment and it's still great to look back on. I still don't know why I cried, maybe because I thought Sasha was going to grip my bow. Or I remember saying um, that I was scared that my friendship with Bailey, with Bailey was going to end. So I don't really know. Like, I'm still like, why did I even cry? Um, but, you know, it's like, like I said, it's just, it was such an amazing moment that, like, fans can really look back on and say, wow, that was so cool. And now, I mean, you're 13 now, so to become really a pro wrestler in most states or anywhere, you have to be 18 years old, usually. Now, I know you've had a first match, which we'll definitely get to when we'll talk about. But, I mean, 
when you become a huge star, which I know you're going to be, I mean, you just from seeing your social media posts, I can see that this is something that you feel deeply passionate about. And there's a lot of people that are in the wrestling business right now that don't even have that kind of heart that you do. So if you stick with it, you are going to be this just gigantic star that takes off and they're going to like, wherever you go, that is going to be the first <laughs> moment that they play no matter what, like this is our Izzy back, you know, when she was eight years old crying to <laughs> Sasha Banks took her bow. <laughs> Thank you so much for those kind words. And I definitely see that happening. You know, me and my parents, we always joke like the whole package video for my WrestleMania moment is going to be crying in the front row. You know, my dad holding me, my mom. I remember, okay, so it's so fu funny story, actually. My mom, she was taking off her earrings because she was about to jump the rail because you know, nobody hurts me, you know, mama bear is getting angry. So that was definitely like a cool little tidbit. But like I said, it's such like, it's a funny, for me now, it's kind of a funny moment because like, I don't know, it's just like, I was like, why did I cry? <laughs> well, like you said, this is also the moment that really started it all for you. I mean, you had been in the ring with Bailey, she would like pick you up when she had the championship and you guys would celebrate in the ring together. But this was really a moment that happened during the match that really, even though maybe it wasn't planned, because I know you plan on telling that on a, um, a episode of um, Table for Three in the future. I saw that on <laughs> media. So I don't know if it was planned or not. And I won't let you ruin that moment for you when you are in a WWE in five, 10 years. So I don't know if that moment was planned, like I said. But I mean, you have this moment that now it was so much storytelling in that second, whether it was planned or not, because Sasha really like, she just threw everything out like at that moment because she took your bow and made you a part of it. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, you're definitely, that's the moment that's going to start it all for you. Like, of course you had those moments before where you were in the ring at Bailey, you know, celebrating, but this is the moment that we can be like, okay, we are now taking Izzy seriously. She's not just some super fan in, in the ring or in the audience. She's, you know, she's going places. She's doing things. And when did you, because you said that you started the pro wrestling school, but now you're just kind of doing seminars. When did you actually go into the ring for the first time and learn anything wrestling related? So I remember my very first actually seminar was with Tessa Blanchard. And today, like, I still talk to her. I like, she's almost like my big sister. Like, I like, I legitimately love her. Um, so like, I was super nervous, actually, to go to it. So like, I DM'd her you know, like, a week before, like, it was, like, the week it was announced and everything, I was like, hey, can I go, like, this is, like, what I do, because before, like, I went to the seminar, I was doing, like, heel promos at a promotion out of, like, I think, yeah, Sanford, Florida, so, like, I sent her my promos, and she was like, oh, yeah, I would love for you to come, and it was, like, $50, um, so I went, and, like, I was so nervous, like, I stayed in the car for, like, till, like, the last second I can even go in, so, I was so nervous, but you know what? I had a great time. You know, Tessa was so welcoming and she was just the sweetest person. So that was like my first time, you know, in the ring. And then from there, like I enrolled with the school. And so like, I kind of built up from there. And like, I sometimes watch some of my old videos and I'm like, oh my God, I was like so out of shape back then. Like I had that baby fat that everybody talks about. Um, but it's definitely cool to see my progress, you know, from then and then now, like, it's just, it's awesome to see, you know, like, like, I don't know, just like as a whole, you know, for my hot tag show that's on Twitter and Instagram and YouTube, you know, 
back like last year it's been the hot take is one year old so like last year I was terrible now I'm like I sound so professional but not like in a robotic way like you know I have my own style so that's what I really love about you know evolving into my own person yeah definitely and I've watched like I said a lot of your shows I watch when you go live sometimes whenever I see it if I can catch it I will you're so entertaining and like I said this is how you know somebody is going to go far. You have the passion, you're already entertaining. I watched one of the interviews you did with Coach and he's like, you already know more about the business than some of the people that's already in the business, you know, that are, you know, trying to make a name for themselves. Coach is, I will say, Coach is amazing. Like, I, I love him. He is somebody I, like, truly look up to, just like Tessa, you know, he's, he's amazing. Actually, I have to, like, I have to DM him because I, Hopefully this um this new opportunity for me will already be out. I don't want to spoil it yet, but I think everybody will kind of know what it is once it's out, hopefully, but everybody stay tuned. But I, I have to DM him for some advice for this new opportunity. That's amazing. See, look, you're 13 years old getting these amazing opportunities. Like I said, when I was 13, I was like hanging out at the mall and, you know, doing my homework you know it's totally different lives with what I lived and you you are living currently right now I didn't start living my wrestling life until I was in my 20s so you got you know like 10 years upon me you know because you started like I said at uh you were what 11 when you had your first match right with Effie and Leva yeah I was 11 I always think I'm, it was like 10 or 11 but I, I think you're right it was 11 um, that was an interesting and amazing moment. It was like a whirlwind of emotions, like oh, I can just imagine. combined. Yeah, you know, um, like I, if you don't mind, I'll just get right into it. Yeah, you go know? for it. Yeah, like I was so nervous. I, you know, before, like when I was younger, I was so nervous. Like even when I was starting the hot tag and getting interviews with NXT superstars at Full Sail, I was so nervous to approach them. But now I have so much confidence. Like maybe it's because I'm like DMing somebody, it's not face to face, but you know, I feel like I would be able to like go up to somebody, um, you know, like it's just, it's crazy that like I have more confidence now. I think everybody gets like that, you know, as they go through, you know, I don't know, the bars or whatever you want to call it. Um, but that match, like I said, was like all the emotions combined. Like I said, I was super nervous. And first of all, it was ex extremely hard to even get the match to happen because, you know, people were looking at it as a man, a grown man versus an 11 year old girl. And like that just did not fit together. That was not the perfect puzzle. So, you know, when it happened, it was really cool. It was an awesome moment, but like the aftermath was definitely bittersweet. Sure, I won a championship, the internet championship. Sure, I had my first match, but, you know, I lost a lot of relationships, and that definitely stung, you know. I had to leave my pro wrestling school. That extremely sucked, because that was, like, my life. I had a lot of my trainers, they turned their backs on me, and then I had to leave my wrestling promotion, and that definitely sucked. So, you know, it it's like, like I said, it definitely stings sometimes, but a lot of opportunities opened up for me. You know, I was able to go into MMA, BJJ, whatever you want to call it. So that was really cool for me just personally. Um, and, you know, I kind of like found, a, um, like, I, I started to like appreciate wrestling more and I got like that you can really trust nobody. And like, there's a whole different side to wrestling, like the behind the scenes part. Yeah, the politics backstage can be a bit of a drag, especially like when you're in it regularly. But I can't believe that that happened to you. Like, yeah, 
your, uh, your like what's the eleven girls do to everybody? People are playing, you know, the politics game with you too. It's insane. <laughs> yeah, it, it, like I said, I was like, what did what did I, what did this little eleven year old Izzy do to these lovely people? <laughs> what kind of commotion did you start? But I mean, there was a lot of controversy with that match. Like you said, it was yes. a grown man versus you who was eleven years old. But you also had your tag partner Leva Bates, which mm-hmm. shout out to Leva because she's one of the yes. best people in this entire world. She is. And, but Effie chokeslammed you. And there yes. were people very, very angry about this. Like, I saw you even had Lince Dorado, who was like, no. <laughs> Oh, no. We should not talk about, don't talk about it. Okay, no. we won't go there. We won't go there. But there's people who are very upset. Don't get so mad. <laughs> I know Lince, too. Okay, so, but there were people who. Tell really, him I said hello. Tell Lince I, I said hello. I will, definitely. <laughs> but there's people who were very upset about it. And they didn't take it very kindly. And then, you know, but like other people on the flip side was like, it's pro wrestling, it's entertainment. You obviously took the move very smoothly. It was the way that Effie handled you in that move was very safe. And like, but there were a lot of people who were upset and and other than just the person that we mentioned. And it's crazy because like, I mean, I get it. It's a kid, but you're not actually physically being abused. I mean, it is going to put some bumps and bruises on your body, but it's not like you were in an actual fight. You know what I mean? I don't know. I just, to me, it seems, uh, yeah, I guess I understand I get both saying. sides, but still, you know? Yeah. I love when people were telling me that my bump card was filled. Um, <laughs> but like, if you watch the video, when I got chokes, I'm like, Effie's knees hit the mat first. And then my back did like last, like finally. So that definitely was like, come on, people, like, just look, you gotta, like, don't believe everything you see, like, right away. Um, But it was so funny. Yeah, like, the next day, like, at my school, like, I had to walk up and down stairs. So, like, I was, no, I was definitely sore, but I was fine. And, like, I remember, like, after the match, like, I was very sore. And I probably, because, like, it was my first match, I've never taken a choke slam. But that was my first time. So probably, like, that whole like all that stuff but it was like I said it was an amazing match to look back on um I always I sometimes go back to the video and I see all the comments and people are like oh that's so cool Izzy's gonna make a great wrestler one day and I'm like oh my god these people thought I'm gonna be good just from this match and like I look back at it and I'm like oh my god I messed up on that like who's who thought this match was good (laughs) but no it was good because I mean we're not expecting a lot from an 11 year old in a match with a grown man and you went in you took some moves you gave some moves everything was really good your kicks were there everything was there and then my kicks kicks, no my kicks I were 11 like you want to give yourself a break (laughs) no they were so bad (laughs) (laughs) but what got me and like I was like I was all for it and obviously I'm cheering for you and Leva to to beat up Effie but what got me at the end was the little speech that you did and the last line like you know no matter what like wrestling is for everybody and then you just give Effie like a big hug and I was like I feel this like way down in my heart and my soul like you touched me you know what I mean and this is from somebody that's in the business you know what I mean that's so glad to hear because like that's like I really wanted that to be the video that's like oh my god this is awesome and said it was the chokeslam video but i mean that's so cool but you know yeah i really wanted my message at the end because like i said like there were so many people against the match in the first place like they they right. didn't even set up like the venue yet and people were like uh-uh no 
So it was like, I really wanted people to say, oh man. And it was so funny that night after the show. Well, before the show, this lady was like, oh, I can't believe I'm going to the show. I am not excited for Izzy versus Effie. And I was like, okay, I'm going to deal with the haters. But it was so funny because after the show, she was like, I just left the show and I am now a fan of Izzy Mania. And I was like, yes, I just gained another fan. That's it. That's it. Exactly. Like, Like I said, I keep going back to when I was 13. When I was 13, I was wearing a lot of the Attitude Era t-shirts to school. That's the time that I was, you know, going to school. And I was made fun of as a girl being a pro wrestling fan and being that open about it because I didn't care, you know, because I loved it. I I had found independent wrestling when I was like 11, 12 years old-ish too. So like I was deep into it. I loved it, everything about it. And like people made fun of me so much. And then like, So now I think you're 11 years old and you're going out there and saying wrestling is for everybody. I think that's why it kind of touched me too in like a different way because like I remember being that age and wishing somebody would have been like, yeah, girls, you know, can get into pro wrestling or like it as a fan or want to develop as a wrestler. At that time, I didn't want to develop as a wrestler. I thought I was going to grow up and be a marine biologist. And then I moved to Canada, like, you know, (laughs) totally opposite of where I wanted to be. But then I, be, you know, I became a pro wrestler at, uh, in my 20s, and I loved it. And it was totally by accident, but still loved it. And I wouldn't change anything in the world. And like, it's great because I look back at some of those times where people bullied me. And now like, I got to share locker rooms with some of these men and women that were wrestling back at that time. And I'm like, mm-hmm. look at me here now after I was being bullied because I was wearing Stone Cold Steve Austin shirts and now I'm in a locker room with Mick Foley or um, Mickey James or whoever I'm going across a long long uh, timeline there saying both those names but still like people didn't understand that when I was 13 and I'm sure maybe even if you were in school maybe last year when you were in school do people look at you differently because of that? Yes, definitely. You know, it's, it definitely sucks because you just want like one person that maybe just likes wrestling. Um, so like, it was, like I said, it was hard. You know, there's one kid, like I walked in with these WrestleMania pants by wild bangerang and the kid was like, Oh my God, look at her fake wrestling pants. And I feel like the only thing people just like look at is that pro wrestling is fake or, you know, the real term is choreographed. Um, but I'm like, no, like, you probably love movies. What if you love Marvel? All those superheroes are fake. All those villains are fake. It's not like Captain America is going to come save you when they're, like, the school is on fire. Like, oh, my God. So that's definitely kind of what I result to. And then, like, at the same time, I what I do is I think to myself, I say, okay, does this person have so-and-so saying, hey, kid, you're going to do great one day? Probably not. Does this person get to travel around you know, Florida, or even, you know, the United States getting to go to these amazing shows, meeting amazing people. No. Do they have 11.6k followers on Instagram? Probably not. And I don't think so. So like, I kind of go like that route. Um, But like, you know, it's all like I said before, it's all about confidence. And you definitely need that in this type of you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, in this type of business, that's it. Business. I don't know why I couldn't find why I couldn't find that word. <laughs> no worries. But yeah, confidence is a big thing. I mean, you say how nervous you were when you were a kid. I think for me, at least, I wasn't as nervous as I got into the business. Like it kind of calmed down a little bit, but you still have those butterflies every time you go out to wrestle. And I think when you don't have those butterflies, maybe it's not the right area for you to be in because 
what are you, you're not getting excited for something. I mean, nervous is like, oh, I really want to kind of do this. Or, you know, what if this, you know, thing doesn't come off the way I want it to, you know, you're excited about something. That's why you're nervous. And so, you know, when you don't have those nerves, that's what kind of worries me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, Definitely. I, I feel like we all have that balance of like excited, nervous, and then like really bad, nervous. And, you know, definitely the bad nervous is the worst. Terrible. (laughs) Now, one thing I also want to talk to you about that I saw on your Twitter, I do believe, is you put in an application to be a Stranger Things <laughs> extra. How did you hear anything back from them yet? I don't think so. Oh, I knew man. what I put. I knew what I put in. I was like, I am not getting this role. Well, you don't um, know. I but like I've seen. So I follow like a bunch of. Well, I only follow one where it's like Stranger Things for filming. Mm-hmm. So I always like, I always look, I'm like, okay, is there something like big happening? And they always post like, oh, here are a couple like extra stuff. And so I'm like, I don't want to apply for it again. Like, that's just weird. But you know what? Uh, it's fine. But it's so funny. I, today I was looking at some pictures and they had like the Palace Arcade sign up. And I was like, oh my God, I was actually there because I went to Stranger Con or Stranger Things Con in Atlanta I met a bunch of the cast. I met my celebrity crush, Noah Chanel. Oh my God. <laughs> I have this video where he was doing the Q&A and I filmed it and I was like, I love you, Noah. And he was like, I love you too. And I was like, I just had my fangirl moment. <laughs> we I, I that moment. That doesn't I, yeah, we go don't. away, by the way. You'll still be, yeah, when you get later, later in your lives and you see people that you admire or you find attractive, you're still going to have like, I, but I am trying to convince my parents to drive up to Atlanta. I'm sure that I'm going to get there, but like, I just want to go just to see all this stuff. Like I found this video of like Max and Dustin, like running through the um, video store and I'm like, oh my God, this is happening. (laughs) (laughs) Now, is that something that you want to go into? You want to go into acting too, or is it just because you're a big fan of the show? Just because I'm a big fan of the show, you know, I watched this video and the kid, he got to be an extra for the snowball scene at, in season two. So I was like, oh my God, that sounds like so much fun. And so like, I did a little bit of research and like the first website I went on, it was like, oh, here's a couple of links to like do the whole casting thing. You know, like it was definitely a bit of a hassle because I had to like get a minor's diploma department of like labor for Georgia or something just because I'm like I'm 13 so like you know you can't put kids to work so I need like some sort of like permission and like it was like a whole ordeal and I feel like it's it's kind of a waste of time but you know it will be cool if the Duffer brothers happen to call me and be like hey Izzy we'd love to have you on the show probably it's not going to be them we can we can take this little snippet and we can tag them in it and maybe that'll help it even further along like look at this girl look at her instagram following you would be so intelligent to have her on your show even as as somebody walking in the background people are still going to be like that's izzy mania right there yeah i can like wave like oh is this like the wrong scene to wave i'm sorry um but like yeah it's well well i'm gonna be honest i've gotten a better call today let's just today and so, like, I'd rather get the call I got today rather than the Duffer Brothers. And I'm not going to announce what's happening because I'm sure it's already going to happen once this podcast is out or this little video is out. So, fingers crossed. You know, you're the second person in a row that's had some kind of top secret thing going on. So I'm just like, ooh, I wish we could find out. But we I know, will find I'm sorry. out. And when we do, I'll make sure that I retweet it for you as well so that we can share all of the wonderful news. Let's hope, knock on wood for you. 
I know. I, I, I have wood flooring. I'm going to knock. Yeah, I have, a, I have a table here, so I knocked on my table for you. And I got my fingers crossed for you as well. I know. But I think, I think this opportunity is actually going to happen. I think it's going to be, like, legit so cool. Like, I cried when I was like, oh, my God. But it's so exciting. Like I said, because, I, I mean, I don't know if it's because you're so young and you're still naive a little bit to the world and the way it works, although you've definitely had your fair experiences already because of wrestling. But, like, the the – energy that you give off and the exuberance that you have just like just it's infectious and I think that's great and that people can you know relate to you in that way like you know like I said I relate to you because when I was 13 I was being made fun of and I never thought I'd have a chance in wrestling and here you are 13 years old just living this amazing life you know already friends with a lot of people at WWE and NXT (laughs) and now you're working with AEW which is you're doing like the, the hot tag, you're interviewing all these amazing people. I mean, it's amazing what your work ethic already at 13 plus you're going. Thank you so much. You're welcome. But let's talk, let's talk about the hot tag because like you said, it's one years old. This is my favorite part. I love this. Yeah. We want to promote what you're doing and what things are important to you. So let's talk about the hot tag. Like I said, you just recently had the coach on, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. You've had um, the dream um, Alexa on last week or two weeks ago, maybe now. Yeah, two weeks. Three weeks. Okay. So, but you're having, and she just made an AEW debut. So, I mean, you're having some rather big names. It's not like you're just getting, you know, the guy that's wrestling down the, on the corner from you, you know, on your show, you're getting big names. Yeah, definitely. That's, it's so much fun. But like um, the hot tag, it's a big mixture of interviews and previews. So on Wednesday, I do a little preview of NXT. And then for the first time last week or a couple weeks ago when this video will be out, I did AEW. That was awesome. Um, and then I do on Fridays a little episode like talking about NXT and AEW, what I liked. And I ask my lovely fans what did they like. And then usually if I don't have an interview set, like I'll, or if I do like have an interview set, like I'll usually post the interview on Friday rather than like the AEW and NXT, like that whole little thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like the hot tag, it's so much fun. I love it. You know, it's like so cool and it's a great way to get my foot in the door. It is. And diversity is good because if you can, when you turn 18, we're talking hypothetically here, mm-hmm. if you can wrestle and you can broadcast and you can act, and you can do all these other things that you're probably going to do in the next five years before you turn 18. That resume right there, plus on top of that, your social media following that you already have currently, you're just going to be a shoe it. I mean, obviously. Yes, definitely. Thank you. Um, you know, it's like, it's really cool that like I had, I don't want to say this God-given gift because like, I don't really like believe in that. Like, oh, here, we have a gift for you. You know, like, I feel like just people, like, they're just, I don't know, maybe they're naturally born from it. Or, like, they just, like, have, they build the confidence over time. You know, it's crazy. Like, I'm just able to, like, speak really well. And, like, but I really think that's just the practice. You know, like I said, with, like, my first year, I wasn't, like, the best. But, you know, now I feel, like, so professional. But I don't want to keep it really professional. Like, you're watching a new show. I want to make it fun and I really want my my character to come out you know my dad always tells me like before he filmed he's like okay pronunciate these pronunciate like really well on these words and then show your character you know like that really helps it's not like he's forcing me to do anything because 
and also he's my cameraman so like he tells me what I need to do and everything um but you know that really helps me because I'm like okay on these words I'm gonna be you know a little cutesy and then like you know, I start to do this thing where I'm like, so here we go. And like, you know, it's just, it's those fun little things that people are like, oh, I love her. You know, I better tune in next week. So that's what I definitely want to try. And also I feel like skits, like funny skits are a lot of fun. For NXT TakeOver In Your House, I did this whole mom, dad, and like the daughter, like skit thing. You know, I was, I dressed up as like this typical dad. I was like the typical mom, you know, the mom was like, oh, I can't wait to uh, have invite that Adam Cole boy. He is definitely a baby. You know, that was really fun. You know, like the dad was sitting on the couch. I had like this fake beard on. So like, it's fun to do the skits. My other favorite one is I was like doing homework, really. I was watching NXT. Um, and so like, I called my friend and was like, oh my God, I miss him so much, blah, blah, blah. I miss them so much. And, like, my friend is, like, wait, Billy from Six Period? And, like, really, it's NXT that I miss. So, you know, I love doing skits. And also the fun previews are a lot of fun. You know, a couple weeks back when this video airs, you know, I did this video, and it was, like, the whole DX thing, you know. I got yelled at for telling my viewers to tune into the hot tag at, 8 p or at 6, 6 p.m. Eastern time. You know, my teacher, he yelled at me for talking during the test, like, what the heck? So I had to tell him to suck it. <laughs> <laughs> See, nowadays, that might get away a little bit more, but when I was in school, I would have been suspended for years. Forget that, <laughs> telling the teacher to suck it. Because that's when it was really popular, it was back when I was in school. I, I was I like, heard, no. I've heard all the stories. <laughs> I can imagine the stories that you've probably heard about wrestling back in the back in the day. Were your parents always into wrestling or did they just happen to get into it because you like it? So they were the ones who introduced it to me. You know, my dad loves wrestlers. Wrestling, actually right here, we have some like old like wrestling figures that we got at this toy fair. And so like, we have all this wrestling memorabilia. So definitely the love for wrestling is here in this household. And then my mom, she always says that she like watches her brother, so you know, like it was just all like kind of combined together, you know. Um, so like I remember when they introduced it to me, I was like, oh, this is really cool. I love this. My first question when I started to watch it was like, why are the Midwest wrestling in their underwear? So, you know, definitely, I mean, if that doesn't tell you how much I loved wrestling at such a young age, I don't know what will. <laughs> definitely. That's amazing. Like your parents, obviously, I, like I said, I did a deep dive on all of your uh, social media. I mean, you guys go to Disney, you guys go to Universal, you guys are at NXT tapings, you're starting to do some AEW stuff. I mean, mm -hmm. quite possibly, you have the coolest parents in the world. I don't know if you realize it. Oh, heck yeah. Heck yeah. Well, I'm going to suck, <laughs> Good. suck secretly. I'm joking. I'm glad, um, I'm glad you don't take that for granted because I definitely didn't think my parents were the coolest when I was a teenager. Well, they secretly suck, like I said. I'm joking. My parents are awesome, everybody. Um, I absolutely love them. They're my biggest supporters. You know, I couldn't, I really can't see like half the stuff I do about them. You know, my dad, he's my cameraman. So I need somebody to film for me. Um, but sometimes I can film by myself, but definitely a hassle. Um, my mom, she's my stylist or my hairstylist, if you can say. So definitely the love is there. And so I just absolutely love my parents. So shout out to mother goose and father goose <laughs> and i know they're on social media as well right yes they are so why don't we go ahead we'll do their social media and then let's talk about your social media as well that way yeah. everybody who doesn't follow you can go and follow you yes so my dad's social media is i believe it's cody starbucks yeah 
Cody Starbuck. My mom, in, or my mom's Twitter is Jenny Salaji. If if you don't know how to spell that, you can just go to like who I'm following. I'm sure you can find it in there. And speaking of my social media, I have Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and I know this isn't a social media, but still very important. I have Pro Wrestling Tees on Instagram, on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. It's all the same. It's Izzy Mania. Make sure you put in the it's. Everybody forgets it, but no big deal. Um, Pro Wrestling Tees, you can just look up Izzy, Izzy Mania you know, whatever you want. And there are some great teas right on there. And also, if you want to know, like, what's going on for NXT, tune into the Hot Tag, which is an exclusive social media show, all on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. So definitely go check that stuff out. You're so savvy. I love it. Like, you have everything <laughs> you're ready you. to go. Like, uh, I know, a little bit of practice with these podcasts, you know, you get, like... <laughs> definitely. I mean, you have, like, your social media is all the same you know, you can find everything just in this. It's perfect because like me, I didn't even think of that. So like my Facebook's one thing, my Instagram and Twitter luckily are the same thing. But then like <laughs> other things, it gets all funky. And so I'm like, yeah, so it gets you definitely want. That's what I've learned through the years. You want to keep everything kind of simple and like, you know, the same. Well, Izzy, I want to thank you so much for being with me today because you have been an absolute delight. So glad that I get to interview you. And yeah. I just look forward to your rising star. Thank you so much. I had a great time. You know, I can't wait for the little word game that we're going to play after. But yeah, I had a great time. Thank you so much. This is awesome. All right, guys, this has been Talking Sass. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to my episode here with Izzy. And we'll see you guys next time. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Izzy, so much for being a part of my show today. She was such a wonderful guest. I really hope that you enjoyed it and you got to learn a lot about who she is and where she plans on going in the future. But now I have my second guest. As I told you earlier, Dan is going to come on and give us our monthly history lesson in pro wrestling. Take it away, Dan. Hey, thanks again for having me. And uh, I'm very happy to listen to Izzy. What a great appearance that was. It's very cool to be following her up. Uh, and today, I thought we'd go back to uh, 35 years ago this month. So November 1985. Ooh, Stephanie, I was just a baby then. Oh, God, you're making me feel old now. <laughs> I was, so was I. So was I. Just a baby. There These, you go. The, the gray in the beard is all an illusion. You don't uh, look a day over 34. Oh, thank you very much. Okay. <laughs> so let me set the tone here. Uh, November 1985. Earlier that year was the first WrestleMania. WrestleMania main event. It was Hulk Hogan and Mr. T against Paul Orndorff and Rowdy Roddy Piper, Madison Square Garden, the beginning of the WrestleMania era. But also on that card was Wendy Richter. Wendy Richter beating Leilani Kai for the WWF women's title. Wendy Richter paired with Cindy Lauper was such an incredibly popular uh, competitor for WWE. Some say rivaled Hulk Hogan at the time. Wendy Richter was on MTV with Cyndi Lauper. She was becoming more and more popular and was really the, the linchpin of the rock and wrestling connection. So after WrestleMania happened, the payouts basically came through. Paul Orndorff for being in the main event got a reported $20,000. Mr. T got $100,000. Roddy Piper and Hulk Hogan both got between seventy-five dollars and $100,000 reportedly. Wendy Richter got about 5,000. And that was more than Leilani Kai, who got about 1,500, if Leilani Kai's number is, is accurate. So as the year is going on, and Wendy Richter as the women's champion is, is really kind of becoming more and more popular, she's not getting the payouts that the men are, and she's getting frustrated. 
So she goes to Vince McMahon and demands a restructuring or renegotiation of her contract. It's put off, it's put off, it's put off until this day in November 1985. This is November 25th, 1985. And by this point, with Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling, the cartoon, Wendy Rector was a major character in that. You had the LJN action figures and Wendy Rector was selling in those. She wanted to be compensated royalties for her likeness. And uh, WWF was not doing it. So uh, she was going to be defending her championship against the Spider Lady at Madison Square Garden. Uh, Spider Lady had been Penny Mitchell. Uh, Penny Mitchell was about 24, 25 years old, 5'9", about 140, 150 pounds, athletic, one of Moolah's girls. And it was just going to be a routine title defense. Wendy Richter gets to the building and Penny's not there, but the fabulous Moolah is. Um, She has to change in a different locker room. She knows something's amiss. And uh, she's approached by one of the agents with a new version of the contract. And the agent, I believe it was Gorilla Monsoon, was trying to get her to sign it right then and there. Time to re-up with WWF. And Wendy said, well, I'd like to read it over. I have a match. I don't really have time now. I've got to go to my attorney and let him take a look at it. Well, she didn't sign. So they decided it was time for the screw job. The first WWF screw job. Uh, Wendy Richter ended up going out to the ring to face the spider, which was Mula wearing the spider lady costume. Two of them wrestled a pretty common match. They won about six and a half minutes. In the beginning, Spider is bumping. They're cooperating. It's not really working well because it looks like they might both be calling spots and trying to really figure things out. But they're doing some comedy spots with Mula hiding behind the referee, the Spider hiding behind the referee, going to the floor and so on. But around the six and a half minute mark, the Spider catches Wendy Richter in a inside cradle, small package, one Wendy Richter cuts, kicks out, two, three. Referee continues the count, steals the title away from Wendy Richter. So now what basically happened is Wendy wouldn't resign. WWF screwed her out of the title. There was a schmoz at the end where Wendy was literally attacking the fabulous Moolah, pulled off the mask in front of Madison Square Garden. Fans were chanting even before the mask came off, Moolah, 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 because they could tell it's not a 24-year-old woman under the mask. It's a mm-hmm. 62-year-old fabulous Moolah who was wrestling in this match. But they put the belt back on Moolah. Uh, Wendy Richter ended up storming out of the arena, never talked to Vince McMahon for 25 years until she was eventually inducted into WWE Hall of Fame in 2010. But she left the arena in her wrestling gear, drove straight to the airport, booked a flight back to Dallas, and for 25 years had nothing to do with the WWF at all until the, the eventually uh, it was all kind of, uh, you know, they, they made peace. But that was the first screw job, and it was the first, uh, well, first WWF major screw job kind of on, on television and MSG, and was kind of a really vital turning point in the history of the women's championship. Oh, man, definitely. Like, obviously, I said I was just a kid then, but of course, I knew that, you know, Wendy had lost the title there, but I didn't know all that back history. That's amazing. Like, the first screw job that really nobody talks about. It's always the Montreal screw job that everyone talks about. That's exactly it. And it wasn't until after Montreal that more and more people began to kind of look back at what happened with Wendy Richter and happened to in, in Fabulous Moolah. And watching that match, you can see little bits where they're not 
they're, they're not really cooperating. They're, it's not a shoot, I wouldn't say, but there's a little bit of no selling. There's things that Wendy's going for where you can see Mula resisting. And it's a really fascinating match to go back and watch on YouTube in light of what was going on backstage and what ended up happening that night. And it's really one of WWF's most uh, intriguing matchups of all time. Well, that's definitely my homework for the month. I'm going to go watch that match and definitely check that all out. Read about it and Sisterhood of the Squared Circle, the complete history of women's pro wrestling. There's a chapter all about it. Fantastic. Dan, you are a wealth of knowledge. Thank you so much for our monthly history lesson. And I can't wait to see what you have for us next month. See you then. All right. Bye-bye. This is Lance Storm, and if I can be serious for a minute, you're listening to VOC Nation Worldwide. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts also include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Works. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Works, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, and In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. Both shows take callers live during the show, and recent guests have included... General Adnan, Tito Santana, Haku, Earl Hebner, Dangerous Danny Davis, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Brodus Clay, and so many more. Archive free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter, at VOC Nation. Hola, this is your amiga, Shelly from Cali. To let you know, you can catch me here on VOC Nation for Shelly Live. You never know what the hell I'm going to be talking about. Sometimes I have guests. Sometimes I let you on in the cheese mess, spill a little tea. Sometimes I cry. You have to tune in to find out why. And I also take your calls. I love chatting with you guys and seeing what the hell you guys are thinking. So meet me here on the VOC Nation. Be there or be square. Rock and Roll Union for the past two years has been the place for rock and roll, new rock and roll, debuting rock and roll, and some of the old classics as well. We have welcomed guests from around the world, national artists and more. We have excited many people by our live events. We've welcomed everybody into the fold, and we continue to do so on a weekly basis. Guys, that is Rock and Roll Union, and that is what we do for you. Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, VOCNation.com. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro, talking old school match of the week, talking dream matches, taking your calls, and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network.